Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. It's Monday. That means Father Charles Murr is going to be with us talking about the life of Christ by Bishop Sheen. Father Charles, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. As always, Terry, thank you for having me. Well, you know, Father, I go back many years with you, and I know that uh, we're rounding third base, both of us. I'm in my late six, early mid-60s. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, well, and I, but I want to head dive. I want to slide into home you know, with uh, gusto. But that's just my personal preference. Father, I'll do whatever God's will is, I will do that. But I sure would like to go out with a bang. Um, Father Murr, uh, we are going to be talking about, again, the life of Christ. And you know the church's uh, mission is really, uh, has one mission, and that is the salvation of souls. The canon law, that last canon says, everything we do is for one purpose, the salvation of souls. And off the air, we were talking about this, and I said, yeah, I mean, St. Athanasius uh, back in the 4th century said, let them have the churches, we have the faith. And I thought, wow, that seems so appropriate, you know, centuries later now, because we're seeing people in the faith, in the church, they're in the structure of the church, but they seem to not be getting the message of Christ, they seem to be getting the message of the world. So um, my thought is, uh, uh, let's echo St. Ignatius, excuse me, St. Athanasius, when he says, give them the churches, we'll take the faith. Wow. Okay, Father. And and how and how about how about Saint John Bosco? Oh, Don 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 Bosco, who said who said the same thing. His his motto was, uh, his motto was, give me give me the souls. Give me souls. I remember the book title. Yep. And 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 you may keep the rest. Yep. Yep. That's what he said. Right? Yeah. It's consistent. Well, Father, before we get all to that, I'd like to um, uh, just uh, get into the gospel of the day. Uh, which is Luke chapter 4, verse 31 to 37. I'm always honored to have your exegesis where you explain the gospel because uh, you give it the uh, the Joe Sixpack approach. Uh, in other words, you make it really uh, apply to everyone, and I think that's a, a gift there. So if you could read the gospel of Luke for us and then give a commentary, that'd be grand. Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the, had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Hey! What would you have us do? What would you have with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, mm -hmm. the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. Mm -hmm. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports of him went out into every place in the surrounding region. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Praise Jesus to you, Lord. Christ. Praise. 
Well, how many times have we read that gospel, Terry? Oh, we, lots. I've heard it. Yeah, many times. It's, and the exorcism, you know, he's taking the devil out. I, I, I get kind of excited listening to that because I always picture myself on a rock just sitting there watching this take place. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 yeah. It's it's always good. It's always good. Uh, what what I what I think is always amazing too is, and, and this is this applies to us in a very special way today. Mm-hmm. When we're afraid of the evils that are around us, and all of us are to some degree, sure. And we're unsure. Sometimes we think those evils are going to. Uh, are going to win over us. Right. Sometimes they're so strong and so many of them, we think they're in control. They're not. Nope. They're not. They're not. Look at the power that Jesus Christ has over the devil. The devil doesn't have that over God. You know, Terry, there's so much talk today about uh, exorcisms and uh, yeah. possession mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. Right. Uh, okay. I've, I've got... I take all of that. I take all of that seriously. Absolutely. And I take it seriously that I, I'm, I, I, I'm dubious. At, I doubt a number of them are are absolutely serious. That's what I. That's of how course. serious I take them. Yes. Right. Yes. I, I see a lot of a lot of playing with these things, and it's not they're not to be played with. No. But but I remember who's got authority, ultimate authority over anything bad that happens. Christ does. Amen. Christ does. Amen. And who who said it just recently? Somebody made an observation yeah. that I oh I know it was it was a priest that I was listening to on on YouTube. He said there are more people who are afraid of the devil today than are afraid of God. Of course. You know. Yes, that's a fact. Well, I mean, what what is the matter with people? For yep. God's sake, what is the matter? Uh, and and, I, and we we live just the contrary, yep. just the contrary, sure. the, the opposite. We do not fear God, and we we love God. And I, you know, in this in the sense, do I fear God? Yes, I fear offending Him. Of course, that's the distinction. You know, Terry, I remember, I remember, I remember someone many years ago in Mexico. I went to go hear a confession and give last rites, and it was a woman. Who said to me after after she had received extra unction and, yeah. and confession all she said ask god to call me and take me home mm. would you please father i said i will i will she said that i might stop offending him here on earth wow wow then i might let me stop offending him tell him to take me soon wow yeah well this is it this is it uh she understood who's the powerful one there. Yep. And we have to understand who's the, who's in charge. It's God who's in charge. Anyway, well said. don't fear him, love him. You okay? got it. Very well said, Father. Uh, Father, I want to bring the smartest guy into the room. I always say it's Bishop Sheen. So let's I go. wish you would. God knows it's not me. Full Sheen ahead. Well, here's his comment. And, Bishop, and this is a comment that was made in 1931. Keep that in context and see how more things change, the more things are the same. Bishop Sheen says, there is no other subject of which the average mind is so much confused as the subject of tolerance and intolerance. And then his definitions are just brilliant. Tolerance applies only to persons, but never to principles. Intolerance applies only to principles, 
but never to persons. I'm going to put some meat on that. I mean, I can give example. That that is so apropos for our culture today, is it not, Father? Absolutely, absolutely, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, I think about this. It's like uh, love the sinner but hate the sin. You know, and we words, have we we you know what's happened today. Tell me, Terry? I want to hear it. It's, it's it's good. It's good that you. you well, you do know. You yeah. do know what's. No, happened. I want to. The answer is this. The answer is this. Yeah. Uh, we are being forced. You want diabolical? I'll give you diabolical. Yeah. We are being forced to accept. Our nose is being rubbed in it. Yep. To accept the sin. Yeah. Well, we are we are we are being taught to accept the unreal and call it real. Yeah. We we, we have to accept the, the sin. You can never. You can no longer say, "I know that so and so is a murderer." I don't like murder, but I'm trying to love so-and-so by visiting him in jail. This, that. No, no, no. You have to love murder, too. Yeah. You have to see that he was right, right? Yep. Uh, no, 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 this is wrong. This is wrong. And what, what Sheen is making is that distinction yes. between the person and the, the object right. of sin. Yeah. There's, a, there's a difference, quite a difference. Yeah, and we need to make that distinction, especially today with the confusion that's going on. I'll give you an example uh, we always call it our need to know file. This fits right in. Uh, Alaska, you got a need to know file. Need to know file. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Ala- Alaska is the latest state to protect women and girls' sports from the encroachment of so-called transgender male athletes. There's an example of what Fulton Sheen just said about tolerance and intolerance. I mean, we can't. I mean, you th- we we don't even know the difference between a man and a woman, and if we do. We're confused because people can say, I can just switch like I'm drinking water and lemonade. It doesn't matter. It's the same. Well, this is how confused our culture is. And so I want to just continue to. Terry? Yes, go ahead. Terry, there's something else. There's something else that I just came across. I hear it. And it's something that you know. It's something that I knew. Mm -hmm. But somebody actually formalized it. Yeah. The greatest fear. Yeah. That a human being has, even stronger than death. Yes. Let me repeat that. Yeah, even stronger strong. than death. Yeah. A psychological fear is being mocked by his peers. That's incredible. Is being not not accepted by our peers, being humiliated yeah. in public. Wow. All right. Now th- that's it. Why do you think people? They say, keep your opinion to yourself. Keep keep your well, they're afraid of being mocked in public. It's not. It's not that. It's not that their opinion is right or wrong or indifferent. It's that they wouldn't <laughs> risk anything because they might be humiliated. Wow, that I, I, I now, never this realized is, this, that. This, well, yeah, this is this is strong. I, I had to laugh. Uh, somebody gave. I think it was Seinfeld in one of his. One Hang of his, on, uh, I want to hear what this. That, this. This is a teaser. We got to interrupt. We got a, a bumper music right, coming on on the other side of the break. Father Charles Murr here with Terry Barber on. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're talking about the uh, teachings of Christ. When we come back, Father's going to tell us about fear of death and fear of being ridiculed. What's the difference? Why is it stronger than even death? Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr is here with us. 
You know, I'm too inspired to be tired at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm too protected to be dejected. I'm too renewed to be subdued. During the break, I got a call from one of our listeners, and guess what it was about? Fear, Father, fear. She says, I've been watching these Catholic websites talking about something's going to happen in October, and, and it's going to be devastating to the whole world, and I'm just worried about it. So I, I told her after the show I'd give her a call back, and we'll take care of that. But my, my, it just seemed appropriate that she would be calling us on her fear that something's going to big, something big's going to happen, and we were just talking about fear. Father, let's get back. You know what, to, I, you know what I say to that, Terry? Yeah, tell me. Bring it on. Exactly. <laughs> October is the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Bring it on. Exactly. exactly. We, Father, I just want to let you finish your thought about fear between a dying. is It's even stronger than the fear of death is being ridiculed. I was just going to tell you that, and I was going to tell you that with, with one little uh, tidbit yeah, from— yeah from Seinfeld right, right. years ago that I saw this and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious because it was true. Yes. He made the observation that people are more afraid of public humiliation wow. than of death, which I, which I just said. Yeah. And people are, that's yeah. why people keep quiet about everything. Yeah. It's not out of prudence. It's out of fear of being ridiculed for their opinion. Yeah. Right. Yep. So he said the fear of death is 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 less than the fear or the, the fear of death is less than the is less than the fear of humiliation he said the fear of dying as opposed to he said go to a funeral go to a wake he said the person who's in the casket the dead person in the casket sure. and you've got the person giving the eulogy yeah well, the person giving the eulogy would rather die than give the eulogy. That's true. No, that's a good event. I never so thought the, of it the, that way. The person, the person who's dead yeah. in, in, the, in the coffin yeah. is in a better position than the one giving the talk because he might be humiliated. Yeah. He might yeah. say something wrong. This is fearful. It's, this is ridiculous. Is. But this is, this is the way a lot of people let and, their, let and, their and lives Father, take it might, over. If I might add something to that. Sure. Uh, that is that the... COVID uh, situation, we had this two years ago in 2020, I believe, when they shut down the churches and shut in fear, and everybody was wearing masks to a point where there was fear. Like, I'm, I've had people tell me I'm going to wear two or three masks because I'm, I'm fearful of getting COVID. And I thought they had a stronger fear of COVID than, a, than the fear of dying in the state of mortal sin. And I thought, they could they could they could easily die in the state of mortal sin and risk a sincere risk of of going to hell for all eternity. Yeah. But don't you dare tell them not to wear an extra mask. Exactly, and that that's the so so we and, and I guess we're coming around round two. I don't know you're in in Europe, but uh, here in America, not not for, not for me, not for me. I'm not I'm not playing that game. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just thank not you, playing Father, that for game. saying that. All right. Well, let's um, now that we've got Fulton Sheen and we've got this set up, we. Uh, we want to get into the life of Christ. Last week was our first show, and the whole focus of this show is to introduce you to Jesus Christ. And chapter two is about the early life of Jesus Christ. And Father, I'm I'm going to let you do the teaching on this because you and I both have a great love for Sheen. And this book of Life of Christ really does do what we just said. It introduces people to the life. Well, of he begin he begins in the first in the first paragraph, the early life of Christ. Right. Uh, he calls it the fourth distinguishing exactly. fact. Exactly. Yep. Okay? Yeah. What is this? And what is this? Now, this is very important, and it's very important that people hear this mm -hmm. 
and understand it. Okay. Because we are so watered down, even in our Catholic faith, we have been so, it has been so watered down yes. that we're just about disposed to believe anything, yeah. any anything that comes along. Right. Now, one of the things that we can never give up on is this. And I say this with all clarity, and I say it loudly. Jesus Christ, we say Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't say Jesus, and we don't say Christ. There's something missing when we do. It's Jesus Christ. And why do we say that? It's not because Christ was his last name. <laughs> That's not his last name, no. right? We say Jesus Christ because we're talking about Jesus, the man, fully man, and Christ, fully God the Messiah, right? Right. And Jesus Christ is, and this is central to our Catholic faith. A lot of Protestants do not hold this. That's why, that's where the watering down has come from. Mm -hmm. Jews, of course, do not hold it all. Muslims do not hold it at all. Confucianism doesn't, doesn't hold no. it at all. We believe that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. Amen. In other words, let me put it, let me put it even clearer. We believe that Jesus Christ is not 50% God and 50% man. <laughs> That's a good we point. believe that he is 100% man and 100% God. Sheen puts it very beautifully. Yeah. He says, he says, we have two natures, a divine nature and a human nature in one person. Yep. Sheen, Sheen smiled once time and he looked at the camera and he said, in other words, he said, for those of you who still don't get it, he said, in other words, Christ has two what's and one who. Yep, that's right. I remember him saying that. Yeah, that was great. That? What that's a great, great teacher. Two what's and one who. But, but you know, Father, right, so Father Charles, yeah. Bishop Sheen was a great teacher. One of the things that he was able to do, uh, he was a great Thomist. He followed St. Thomas Aquinas so much. And many people who would read Thomas would not get the grasp of Thomas because maybe they didn't have the philosophical background. But Sheen broke it down to the common Joe, didn't he? Terry, let me. It, it's akin to when I was in high school. Yeah, we were forced to read Shakespeare. Okay, and Chaucer. Yeah. What a pain in the neck! <laughs> I, I I didn't understand. I didn't understand anything that I was reading. Yeah, I, because it was in Old English and terms and words, and, sure. and it, it was it was lost on me. Years later, I started rereading as an adult with a better vocabulary, exactly. a little bit more understanding, having lived a little bit more of life. And I started to see, this man is a genius, Shakespeare. <laughs> it's funny. He's a genius. He's learned a lot He's in a, a couple of years. Psychologically speaking, <laughs> he, he, he understands human nature like, like very few psychologists and psychiatrists, yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Sheen did the same thing. Sheen was one of those kids in, in high school. We had them in high school yeah. that loved Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't ask me how they got through all of that to understand Shakespeare, but right. they did. Yep. Well, Sheen understood Aquinas, and he understood classical, and he understood modern philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, he understood Jean-Paul Sartre. Yes. Uh, he, understood, uh, he, he understood Plato. He understood Aristotle. He understood from all over. Yeah. Uh, what he did was that was magnificent. He understood that, right. and rather than remaining the egghead, yeah, 
you know, on a panel saying, well, I understand it. And of course, it's above all of you. You can't understand it. You couldn't get to it. Rather than doing that, I used the word digest. Yes. He digested all of these complex ideas and gave them to us yes. on a platter and said, here, they're already digested for you in, in that sense. Look at this. And everybody was listening to these very complicated yep. philosophical, theological, and psychological yes. uh, ideas. Yes. Say, oh, yes, I get that. Well, no, that was, <laughs> that, you, that was Gene. You nailed it. He did that. Yeah, you nailed what it. What a talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talent. let's jump over to the enunciation. Uh, he oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Going. You got some because more? he makes a distinction that I think you can't oh, jump over. Let's do it. Let's do it then. Keep right? And it's right on page 15. He okay. says the following. Yep. There are people who say, and every one of us has met people like this, who say that Jesus Christ was not God. Right. But he was a good man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, in fact, some of them will say he was the greatest man. Right. Maybe the ever. Yeah. Ever. But he was not God. Right. And Sheen, and Sheen from Thomas Aquinas says this. Just a moment now. If Jesus Christ was not God, but only a good man, it's like anybody else, then he's not even a good man. Exactly. Because a good man is not a liar. Well said. And if Jesus Christ is not God, he is a liar right. because he said he was. Yep. Wow. Now that's wow. powerful. You, that... want, you want it clearer than that? That's good. So either you are following Jesus Christ, and this is what Sheen is telling us in this book. We are following a Christ who is fully God and fully human, and that's not to be forgotten. We're not simply talking about a rabbi, a teacher, a guide. We're talking about a guide and, above all, a savior. Yes. Okay? You said it last week. Yes. You said it last week. So many of us, all of us, come into this world to live. Christ was the only one who came into the world yeah, that's to what die. He said. That was his mission. And, and his comment is— There. Now, now jump. Okay, well, before I get to the next station, I like what he says at the end of that. We need a Christ who will restore all moral indignation, who will make us hate evil with a passionate intensity and love goodness to a point where we can drink death like water. Are, are you kidding me? That needs to be happening today, which is just oh, the opposite, oh, oh. right? Wow. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the Annunciation, Father Charles. But, but Terry, Terry, get get back to get back to what you get back to what you were saying. Yeah. Okay. Get back to what you were saying. Yeah. He, we can't even bring ourselves to look at reality and call he, X X and Y Y. We can't do that. Right. We're so afraid of everything. This is incredible. Yeah. This but, is how weak we are. This is, as a matter of fact, the the the, the proof of the proof of of the. The absolute necessity we have yeah. of a savior is yeah. precisely in our weaknesses. But, but Father, what he said about h hating evil—it seems like we live in a world that says we can't judge anything. Okay, I mean we have to just be like, uh, uh, you know, blind to uh, evil. And what G what uh, Bishop Sheen is saying is that Christ uh, will will restore moral indignation. And we, he will make us hate evil with a passionate intensity and love goodness to a point where we can drink death like water. It seems like that's what the first century Christians were like. And we're not like that today. No. 
How many of our Lord's miracles had to do with bl the blind recovering their sight? Oh, many, many. Huh? Yes. Good why point. do you think? Why do you think that was a big theme? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, huh? Makes sense. Why, why did? Why, excuse me. Not to be not to be funny here, but why didn't he do hip replacements? Yeah. That is funny. Okay. Right? Yeah. Right? Why, why was it the blind? Why was this the blind issue? The blind issue is because we are incredibly blind, all of us. Right. All of us. And and he came to give light to the world that, that we might see, that we may see. Right? Yes, yes. And the eyes are the window of the soul. So when you know this is, what you see is so important. And this is why I, I even look scientifically, eighty-eight percent of everything we learn comes through our eyes. Okay. So there and you Terry, go. Who, Terry, who would have said just a few years ago yeah. that Christ, that one of the reasons that Christ came to make us see, yeah. listen to this, was so that we could see obvious reality. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, well who said. Would have thought, who would have thought that? Yeah, thought well that. said. So we at that point. When we come back, Terry and Jesse's show, we're going to talk about the Annunciation with Bishop Sheen's commentary. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr is my guest every Monday talking about the life of Christ. And Father Murr, I want to just take a minute here to say I just came back from Texas, Tyler, Texas, where Bishop Joseph Strickland is there. We had a Defending the Faith conference. And I got to tell you, you talk about a, a bishop introducing us to the person of Christ. His his homily, his, uh, his, his uh, keynote address was outstanding about following Christ. But what I really... I was impressed with, we had Holy Hour uh, before the Blessed Sacrament. Confessions were going on. That was most important. But when he prayed before the Blessed Sacrament and led us in prayer, he prostrated himself before the Eucharist. And I don't normally see that with priests and bishops. And he made it real clear to us who was there. And I just thought, you want to talk about Eucharistic revival? Sh you know, show me. Don't Don't tell me. And he really showed us his love for Christ and his willingness not to compromise any teachings. He went through St. Thomas with us about what is a legitimate um, law or command and things. And I just was so impressed because you saw this man who was in love with Jesus Christ and it spilled over in his actions to all of us in the audience. And at one point, Father Murr, people just stood up and started clapping. In the middle of his presentation, I mean, like, what? And, and he's like, he's, sit down, sit down, I'm not finished. You know, but what I noticed is that his love for Christ was so great that it excited the people in the audience. And I thought, now there's a follower of Christ. Uh, I, would, I would, let me add something to this. Yeah, and you correct me, if yeah, I'm, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. Bishop Strickland, yeah. who I admire tremendously mm -hmm. i can't I, I i can't exaggerate it okay the man is phenomenal yeah. i've listened to everything he's i've read everything he's written yeah. and i've listened to many of the discourses he gives yes he is authentic for many reasons but for one in particular because he is being made to suffer ah. tremendously when people listen to him I don't know that people hear the depth of of this man's suffering. Also, yeah, what he's bring what he brings to uh, an, an annunciation yeah. 
a pro- proclamation of the gospel, what he's bringing to that. People see that he's he's speaking correctly and this other thing. People don't realize the criticism. Yeah. And actually, if I may use the word hatred. Oh yeah, there's. I thought. Yeah. Some people have in, and this these are not hatred from communists and, and Freemasons <laughs> and this outside the church. No, no, no. These are the this is hatred from our own. Yeah, inside the church. We cannot tolerate. He he has to live all of that. Yeah. Thank God. He is very close to Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Oh, yeah. Thank God he's 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 a man of prayer yeah, and he devotion. Is. He is. But what I'm saying is he preaches Christ and finish it for me, Terry. And Christ and, crucified. And him crucified. That's exactly, exactly what he preaches. That, Christ that, and him crucified. That's the that comes through I when, when I hear him. I, I I I feel the the passion of Christ in him. Yeah, and it's just, it makes him real. It's yeah. fa- the man is phenomenal. Well, what you said phenomenal. the word authentic, and that's that I didn't think of that word, but to describe him, he is the real deal. So he is authentic. Yes. And po- folks, yes. for those who don't know, we have a one uh, once a week show with the Bishop Strickland hour here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can listen to him at your convenience. You don't have to listen every Tuesday at at noon California time. You just go to Virgin Most Powerful Radio's website and and listen to the Bishop Strickland Hour or any of the other shows. All and, right, and, and to Terry Barber. Yeah, yeah. And right. Well, I'm I'm the guy that interviews. You're the him. one who does the interview. Yeah, and I got a very a, good job you do. Yeah, thanks I be to God. But you know what, Father, I love it because his passion is there also, and it he's, he excites me about Jesus because he he knows how to do that and he he lives it. All right, let's get to the Fulton Sheen Life of Christ book. On the Annunciation, Father, what's what's Bishop Sheen's insights on a great on the Annunciation of Jesus? Well, he's the 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 insight that he's giving is uh, this is a new beginning. Yeah, the Annunciation is a new beginning. It also parallels Genesis. Yeah, that's important. as Genesis as Genesis was. Let there be light. Yeah. He says it beautifully here. Yes, as Genesis said, God said, "Let there be light." He he asks the Virgin Mary. And I, and I want to get down to another point that, that Sheen makes, which is absolutely beautifully, yeah. beautifully, beautifully made about Mary. He asks the Virgin Mary to be the carrier of that light, mm-hmm. to be the, the, the Christopher, right? the carrier of that light. And she gives her fiat, just as as so be it was given to the light in, in, the, in Genesis. So we have a new Genesis here, a new beginning with Christ. Now, Sheen also, I don't think that he makes it here in this book, but he made it in another book that I that I read on, on Mary. Yeah, world's first he does some, he does something fabulous. Yep. He does something fabulous that, that brought me back to my boyhood in Minnesota on the Mississippi River. Wow. Yeah, and you're Terry saying, Where is this man going? Yeah, I, how'd you know that was my look on my face? I've read the world's first love. Okay, Father, I'm I'm with you so far. Go ahead. <laughs> We had we had a boat. Our family had a boat on the St. Croix River, which is one of the one of the river, major rivers in Minnesota, between Minnesota and Wisconsin. And we would go on the Mississippi occasionally. But we also went to different places that had, and I was fascinated with this as a kid. Mm-hmm. They had locks. They had locks yes. where one level of the river would would almost go into waterfalls or cascade, so you couldn't travel by boat. You had to go into a lock where the water would be raised yep. over here, the same level. You would come in with your boat, 
the, the, the back and the front were closed and the water was drained. So the boat went down and you could continue on to the new level of the new river, right. of the same river. I used to be fascinated with this. I, I, I thought it was just fantastic. Sure. Well, this is what, this is what, this is what Fulton Jishin says is Mary. Right. I see it. And the blessed mother is that lock where heaven came to the level of earth through her, right. through the, through that, that precious love. What an image. What an image. I, I get and it. And it and talks about her special, special role in this. She wasn't just a, a, a you know, a 15-year-old girl who didn't know anything that, that, that she's being presented at. Right. She was a 15-year-old girl, just a minute, a 15-year-old girl conceived without original sin. That meant that she understood far beyond what anyone else could understand with the fallen nature. Yeah. She did not have a fallen nature. People say this is... This isn't real. You know, this isn't real. This is making something special of her. It's just a minute, just a minute. I, I actually said this to one woman. I said, just who said that? I said, just a minute. I said, do you, madam, have a fallen nature? Yeah. <laughs> she said, no, I don't believe that at all. What? I said, I said, all right. And I said, the only one that we should believe that has a fallen nature is the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Is, right. that, is that what you're saying? Wow. Right? The only one that has a fallen nature is Mary. But don't be ridiculous. So I said, this is exactly it. People believe they have no fallen nature. What we're saying is Mary, just like Eve before the fall, Adam and Eve before the fall had a, had a perfect nature, a right. perfect human nature, right. not fallen. This is Mary. So God created a new Eve. Yeah. This is the, This is the role that Mary takes in this whole thing. And I love the example of the locks on the Mississippi River. I yeah, love it. I get it. it. I've I never heard it. of that. It fits. Yeah, it does really well. Father, I also like what Bishop Sheen talks about the fiat, you know, that the, the physical cooperation was freely offered by, this, by the same word. Other, You know, basically, we follow Mary's uh, the model for all of us as a follower of Christ. And that fiat that she gave, we also have our own fiat to say, God, I'm I'm going to do it your way, not my way. And uh, it seems like Our Lady is that good example for all of us to say, not my will, but His will be done. A beautiful example of that Terry. Yes. That that was that was changed with the with the uh, with, with the modernization of the yeah. sacraments, and oh. and uh, it shouldn't have been changed. We'll get it back. I want to hear it. Yeah. What I I love I love when I'm baptizing an infant. Yeah. I don't speak to the infant. I speak directly. If it's a little boy, yeah. if it's an infant boy, yeah. I speak to the godfather. Wow. If it's if it's if it's an infant girl, I speak directly to the godmother. And why is that? And I say at the end of these questions, yeah. I say to the godmother. Yes. Let's say let's say the baby the baby's name is Elizabeth. Okay. She's going to be baptized Elizabeth, right? right. The godmother's name is Gretchen. Doesn't matter what her name is. Yeah. I look right at the godmother and I say, Elizabeth, will you be baptized? Wow. And the godmother says to me, I will. Mm -hmm. Speaking for the I will. Yeah. What, what is this I will? Fiat. There you go. It's, this is the fiat. This is, yes, I will. 
I love that the godmother is answering for the child who can't answer for herself yet. Exactly. One day she will, one day she will in confirmation and, in, and, and, uh, and as she grows in the faith. But right now, that's, that's a, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Okay. And this fiat, fiat yes. is the, the same fiat that let there be light and the fiat that the Blessed Virgin said, yes, let it be done. Wow. Wow. Insight. That's great. Father, what about the where Bishop Sheen, and my book is different pages, so because uh, it's a newer version. As the fall of man was a free act, so too redemption had to be free. What is called the Annunciation was actually God asking the free consent of a creature to help him to be incorporated into humanity. That statement yeah. right there says, "Wow, that's yeah. Mary's." Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, but 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 look look at look at this too, Terry. Look yeah. at this too. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, you know you can't imagine. Probably can't. You cannot oh. imagine. I can't imagine. Nobody can imagine. Yeah. God asking permission of a human being. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, my my Lord. I mean, this is you. You talk about how wonderful that human being must have been. Yes. Yeah, you know, Sheen also talks about the Blessed Virgin Mary as as listen to this, and it's it's so beautiful. Well, no, you know what? Hang I on. Can see, we've only got yeah. twenty seconds, yeah. and I'm not going to get into it uh, yet. About our Blessed Mother, we'll get that cool. when we come back. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show, Father Charles Murr, every Monday talking about what? No baseball, no football, no the life of Christ was the most important thing we could talk about. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, it's Terry and Father Charles Murr talking about the life of Christ. And Father, just a quick note, we have a Fulton Sheen rally coming up on the 14th of October, where we're going to have Dr. Peter Howard, who's been promoting the cause of Fulton Sheen, Matthew Arnold, myself, but you know who we're going to have? We're going to have a priest at the events offering Holy Mass who, when he was 13 years old, read a book by Fulton Sheen in a communist country, which was contraband. You couldn't be reading this stuff. It was illegal. He read the book by Fulton Sheen and wanted to become a Christian. He was a Buddhist, okay? Mm. And then, kick it all off, yes, he becomes a Catholic priest and I've met, known this priest for 20 years, he can't preach without talking about Fulton Sheen, kind of like Father oh, yeah. Charles Murr. So he's going to be there, and he's yeah. going to tell his story of how he became Catholic and a Catholic priest and how Fulton Sheen touched him. So if you want to join us, whether you're going to join us on a stream or in person, go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and go to conferences, and you'll see it there. Father, you had an insight on the Annunciation with Our Lady. Let's get back to that. Yeah, somebody somebody just contacted me to correct the bishop the, the name of the bishop in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. Did, did, did we talk? Did we, no, did we're we, talking we talk about Tyler, about? Texas. You know what? You know what? This is from another program that I gave. <laughs> my I'm sorry, Terry. I'm, I'm mixing up my programs. That, and that I'm can, sorry. I, I do it all the time. Which oh. one am I doing? Fulton Sheen? Or am I doing uh, the Strickland Hour? That's right. That's Terry right. Jesse? Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the what, what Sheen says also in another book that that uh, yeah. he says it here, he mentions it here, but also in another book dedicated specifically to the Blessed Mother, yeah, is that you and I love the mothers we had. 
Of course. It, uh, she was our first love. Yes. Right? First time. Now, if, if you've ever seen a child born, which I have, and you see the, the, the look that, that, that the infant gives to his or her mother mm -hmm. and the mother gives back to the infant, you understand that love. You understand that love. Wow. It, it's fantastic. You can't explain it. It's electric, It's but it's there. It's real. Well, the thing is, too, that we all loved a woman who was our mother, but we had nothing to do with her creation. Yes. In this case, it's we, we, we loved a person. We accepted that woman yes. for who she was, and we loved her. Yes. And we still do. Right. We still do. Even people who say they hate their mother love her. Right. <laughs> Believe me. All right. right. Christ said, or, or Fulton J. Sheen says this. Can you imagine if you could create your own mother? I love it. Yep. If you could give her the stature, mm -hmm. the way she walked, the way she talked, right. the color of her eyes, everything about her, you, you were God and you could do it to the perfection, if you will, pardon the expression, of your of your infinite imagination. Yeah. You could put everything, everything perfect into this one creation who is going to give her human nature, her blood and, and flesh to your only begotten son. Right. How perfect, how marvelous was that woman, right? How much, how much she must have been just absolutely perfect. Well, this is this is what Christ received in the in the Annunciation. He became conceived in the womb of that woman who he himself created. We say this in the creed, don't we? Yes. Who is the, crea who the creator of all that is seen and unseen? Who is that? Jesus Christ. Of course. Well, he, he created, in other words, in other words, and applying to this, he created his own mother. Yeah. He created his own mother, which 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 caused Saint Bernard, yes. the great Saint Bernard, huh? Of of uh, of Clairvaux yeah, right. to to give Mary the one of the most beautiful and simple titles that I have ever heard. Daughter of your son. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That describes it. Daughter of your son. <laughs> yeah. Daughter of your son. Yeah. Beautiful. Father, I like also when he says this about after nine months of, of what was over. The fitting place for her to be born was Bethlehem, which meant the house of bread. Isn't that, and I always think of that, the house of bread, the Eucharist. And uh, this is just so beautiful. And then what you said about a child looking at its mother, can you imagine uh, the birth of Christ? And our Lord there in, is an infant with the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. You know, we think of Christmas, but I mean, I, I just... What 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 you just said about the insight of our Lord looking at his mother and father, uh, I would just say that uh, I never really meditated on that aspect, the look that they would give. But that but that's a that's something that I think I could be thinking about for a long time. Wow, powerful. Can Can you imagine? Can you imagine that first look? No, I, that's what I'm thinking after, about after birth. Yeah. After birth, and it had to be a, a look. Both of them had to have said to one another, heart to heart, not in words necessarily. Right. I know you. <laughs> That's cute. I know you. Right. Oh, yep. Well, Father, in just a few minutes that we have left, and we have about five, I think, 
I, I wanted to, I know we've got, unless we want to jump a little to the visitation, do we want to, um, we want to take a couple minutes on that aspect because that's another section of the life of Christ. What Mary was given a sign that she would conceive by the Holy Ghost, her elderly cousin Elizabeth. This is one of the mysteries of the Rosary. I think that Sheen's book, especially right now, is giving me food for my Rosary meditations. Is it not? I would hope so. Yeah, it does. I would hope so. I see these insights. I would right hope now. so. So let's go to the visitation. Sure. The visitation is this. As our Lord was, was, is, and always will be, the son, of, the only Son of the God and Father. This is the whole plan of salvation, that he was go. going to come into the world. But also, there was going to come into the world the last prophet. Mm. Remember we saw the last time yes. that Christ was the only one prophesied? Yes. He was the only one pre-announced? Right. Okay. Of course. First well, God does an exceptional thing also. In creating, in creating an ultimate prophet, the last prophet, the prophet who is finally going to not only see him, talk about him, but is also going to announce him. Yes. We're, we're looking at the Annunciation. The Annunciation, of course, is the announcement made by the, arch, the Archangel Gabriel to the Blessed Mother. That's the Annunciation. Right. But we're also looking... We're at the visitation. We're looking at another annunciation. John the Baptist is the cousin of our Lord. Mm How -hmm. we're not exactly sure. We believe that Elizabeth was a cousin of the Blessed Mother. Right. Uh, it's a kinswoman, it says. A kinswoman. It doesn't specifically say what relation. But uh, Our Lady is going, it must have been a close relationship because Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, is going to Elizabeth to help her. That's right. To help her, yep. who's who's six months pregnant. Yep. You know, you you wonder why we have these feast days. People who follow the liturgical calendar, sure. the six John the Baptist is six months before Christ. Yes. Is, is right. Yeah. This that the other thing. The Annunciation. The Annunciation is the twenty fifth of March. March, right? Nine months. The right. birth of the birth of Christ is the twenty fifth of December. Eight nine months. months later. Exactly. Right. All of these. All of these things said. Well. Elizabeth goes to 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 greet Mary, That's and one of the, and I think we should end with this because we're out of time. Yeah. But just imagine this, Terry. Mm -hmm. the, for those who don't believe, to those to those who believe that a, that a child is only a clump of cells. Yeah, really. Well, this clump of cells leapt for joy. That's right. I use that all. Leapt the time. for joy when when Christ, his cousin, came close to him. John the Baptist left for joy. In the in the womb of Saint Elizabeth, what a what what magnificence! Yeah, get any clearer. What, what a preparation! Yeah. What every detail God prepared for the arrival of His Son. And, and beautifully stated. And Father, we just have a couple minutes left, but I want to also tie this into this is the visitation. But John the Baptist and how he was uh, not misinterpreted also as a as a prophet of talking about Christ and also what he did. We need more John the Baptists today in the church. And I think that Bishop Joseph Strickland is playing that role right now because it's very, I think his head will probably roll because of his authenticity towards his love for Jesus Christ. So I would like to ask people again to pray for the John the Baptist of the church of Bishop Athanasius Snyder. There's other ones out there too, but very few people. And I think it comes back to what you just said about fear, 
okay? You said at the beginning of the show, Father, that people fear humiliation more than death. And I'm wondering if that's also a big problem in the church with some of our leaders, that they fear being humiliated more than uh, than, than death. And so they, they don't want to stand up for the truth and why we have so few prelates wanting to stand up because they don't care about, you know, who who people think that they are is am I onto something? You are one of one of one of the great one of the great models of their examples of this in history is Cleopatra. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you're you're saying you're saying what is this man? He's coming from all over the place. Cleopatra. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Yeah. Cleopatra chose yeah. to kill herself. Yep. With a poison snake, the asp, rather then face the humiliation of the Via Sacra in the Roman Forum. Incredible. Right? Yes. She, she took that's her true. life. And when you stop and think of it, people, many people who commit suicide yes. commit suicide because they're afraid of being humiliated. Wow. How many, how many people jumped out during the 1929 crash, the great crash? They jumped out of buildings killing themselves because, mm. because they, had, they had misspent money. Right. They didn't know how to face people. They had mis- they had, they had uh, invested incorrectly their money. Right. They couldn't face them, so they took their own life. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, they prefer death than humiliation. So, Father, right? the takeaway of all this about the life of Christ and His beginning, the real takeaway, and my take is that we need to be like Mary, and give ourselves to Christ fully, and not worry about what people are going to say. I, I like this statement. I'll, I'll see if I can get it to you. And I know this fits. Uh, oh, there comes the music. It's, you know, don't be so concerned about people uh, being offended by you speaking the truth. Be offended by those who won't, who are going to be affected if you don't speak the truth. Father, how about a priestly blessing for our audience, please? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you right now, real, real quick, before one last thing. Yeah. If you're afraid, if you're still afraid to be public with your faith. Yeah. Right? At least be happy that you're friends of those people who weren't afraid. Oh, I never thought of that. Okay. Sure. You're in good company. Yeah. Learn from them. You little by it. little, you'll learn. All right. Amen. Terry Barber, God love you. God love you, Father. And we want to live in the state of grace. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima. She said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. I don't care if you're four years old or 104. We can all participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ by uniting our sufferings, and we all have sufferings, with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. Thanks again, Father Charles, for joining us. Look forward to next week. May God richly bless you and your family.